shoot, what was it? I had an opening. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Let's uh, just pretend we did it. Good job, Cameron. That was a great opening. My favorite one ever. I remember. I was. Uh, do you know um, that song "Hooray for Hollywood"? No. I was gonna sing that, but with lyrics I never got around to writing. Oh, okay. Um, hooray for opinions. Those fancy unsubstantiated opinions. We got Cameron, who's fat, and Chad, who's fat. We're all fat because we are big old fat Americans. I had good lyrics written down at work, and I didn't bring my notes home. (laughs) I'm not that fat. I have some fat on me, and it bothers me a lot. I... This is a terrible song. I'm yeah. Well, it's you know, I feel lies. like it. It was a good intro to the show. It got people pumped. They're like, "Oh man, I'm all." I heard that great tune. I can't wait to hear what these chaps got to talk about. That makes you feel better. Did you have Cameron, a good week, Chad? Yeah, it's been all right. Oh, finished editing. Or finished draft three of my current novel. How about that novel I've been writing? 99,000 words. That was it, that short story. No, I, I haven't posted that anywhere yet. I'm going to do that tomorrow. But I finished that too. It turned that out was, okay. I think that was turning out pretty good. Actually, I got a question for you while we're... Well, let's do this on the show. I want to do another one for a different one. I didn't win the contest, by the way. That I, I got placed third with the, the oh. garden short story. Someone didn't vote for it because I referenced an Apple product and she doesn't like Apple music or Apple as a company. So she's well, like, I didn't vote for that one. That's pretty fair. I, I was like, I was, I said that too, but I was also like, what do you want from me? <laughs> Remember how Charles Dickens never brought up Apple because he has taste? Mm-hmm. That's why he's a celebrated author. I think most celebrated authors don't bring up Apple. I mean. Herman Melville never did, Nathaniel Hawthorne never did, William Shakespeare never did, and he could have because that dude, he was uh, he was in the up and up. Anyways. Remember that, that Lovecraft book where he's like, I hate colored people, but at least I have my iPod. <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage is going to turn that one into a movie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um. Anyways. So I have, a, I have a setting for another short story where it's like a pond or a, a little lake in like in the middle of a forest and the lake reflection never changes, but the stuff around it does. So it's always like the same season when you look in the lake, but nothing else changes. You mean it's the graphics on Pokemon Sword and Shield? Is that a real thing or have people been joking about that? Because I can't tell. What, what is what a real thing? Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah, it looks bad. You know, let's talk about that later. Tell tell me about your story. No, 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 because I, I have this, I have this setting. Land. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But I have this setting, right? Like, I like that idea as a visual. It's like the time's changing. This this lake isn't. It should be, but it's not. Like, the reflection is always the same. But I don't have, like, a story story. I don't know what to do with it other than, like, hey, there's an idea for a place that someone could go to, maybe. And I, I need... I need a, so, a I need a plot. <laughs> so this is a bit um tropey at this point, but I love haunted mirrors. And I like the idea of an old dilapidated house, but when you look in the mirror, you look at the house at its prime. 
Oh, I like that, yeah. And I like the idea of maybe someone buys the house and they're weirded out by the mirror so they cover it up or whatever, but like spooky things happen. And they spruce up the house and eventually they get the house to look the way they want it to, but then they take the um, like the sheet off and and the house perfectly matches what was in the mirror all along. Oh, that'd be neat. Uh, yeah, and it's like, I don't feel like writing this. but well, that's, that's a cool I, idea. I feel like... Lake reflections are a lot like mirror metaphors, but with upside down cliches thrown in. Sure. You're cutting in and out a bit, by the way. Oh, okay. That might be just the internet. Probably. Oh. But but yeah, I'm trying to think of like a plot. Like, would, would someone go to this? Would it just be like an omniscient narrator kind of describing what's going on? Isn't that spooky? But I feel like... My best stuff usually has some kind of character element to it. And so I would need a character that to go to this pool. Do they go in the pool? Do, are they weirded out? Do they go to the pool, like, a couple times and notice the, the, the reflection thing? Um, maybe their reflection never changes, and so it's like an old person going back to this pool to look at himself, like, one last time in his prime. And he keels over. Oh, what if, what if like, what if it's like that? Um, but he always like he goes there, and at some point, like something bad happens, and like he's in an accident and he's missing his arm, or like he looks in there and like his dead wife is in there, and mm. so he just kind of like gives up and like falls into the water and it ends like that. I kind of like that. That's pretty. There's a lot of melancholy there, but. Maybe. I feel like it's a little Harry Potter, right? Like with the the room of uh, or the mirror that they have, where he, they see the thing they want to see, so he sees his parents. So I don't I don't want to tread too carefully into there, but I like the idea of it, like preserving this thing that happened. I think would be cool. There's there's definitely something there. Okay, okay, we can move on from this now. I have I have the germ of an idea, and I'll hopefully get this written. I, you know, it had done by the time we do the next show. Maybe people can go find it and read it if they care. Yeah, hopefully. Have or a week after that, who knows? My blog or something, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, What did you see the new Pokemans? No, I didn't. So, people keep talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and then someone's like, oh, I can't wait for Pokemon Nuclear Warhead. And I was like, huh, I don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. Well, it takes place in England. Really? And the funniest part that come out of this is just people are drawing, like, the Pokemon trainers from the trailer. But, like, you, you know how before a fight they'll say something? Like, I I always win with my team. Yeah, I have the best ratatatatata. Yeah, so the funniest thing that come out of this so far is um people just putting these, like, really heavy British accents with a lot of, like, swearing. So it's like, here's the two trainers meet, and it's like, Oh, you give some biggie doctor it is, it is. <laughs> like, like oh you let me oh you got it in your bag to me and they throw their pokeballs at each other and it's okay this is gonna be a fun series what systems is this gonna be on the switch or on the yeah it's switch so it's gonna be like the first pokemon game on the switch that's like an actual pokemon game right yeah i mean it looks like an up-res 3ds game and i guess the the map leaked and it looks as linear as the 3ds game mm. so a lot of people are really concerned that it's gonna be as bad as the just 3DS the 3ds game, game. Um, the designs are not, I don't know, I'm not inspired by them? No, it looks weirdly generic for Pokemon, right? Like, 
we'll see what else comes out because the what really matters with starters is what they evolve into. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. You know, once we get other characters, we'll see. I guess, but is I mean, it really not... a problem if it's linear? Like all the Pokemon games have been kind of linear, right? Well, okay. Let me let me rephrase that. They have been linear, and again, to remind myself and others listening, we're talking about an RPG aimed at eight year olds. <laughs> so I'm not looking for some kind of deep, uh, you know, uh, far reaching metaphor or anything. Right. Uh, did you play Sun or Moon? No. Um, you know how in Pokemon there's kind of routes. So like there's a town, and then you walk up north, and there's Route One. Yeah. And then there's like a forest, and there's Route Two, and then there's a town. So imagine if each of those sections has a loading screen, and then when you get into the next section, you take two steps, and an NPC like automatically starts talking about, "Boy, we we should keep going. Are you gonna meet me at the town? I'll see you there." And then they run off, and the animation stops, and you're allowed to walk again. So you walk in a straight line, and then there's a loading screen. Okay, so this is why next... that's that kind of linear. Well, not just that, but also you'll you'll be on a mountain path, right? Okay. And they say we should go to the the research center to the west. So you walk to the west, and there's a path that goes north. So if you go north, it'll go somewhere else. They don't want you to get lost, so they put a big barrier. There's like a barricade there with like police traffic saying, don't go this way yet. There's a, a boulder and we'll, we'll leave once the story parts progressed. You don't do anything to fix the problem. It's not like you learn cut and you progress through your own power. It's like the game decides, like, okay, you're allowed to go now. Okay. The the entire game is like this. That, okay. That sounds pretty rough. It's really rough. I got like seven of the badges, and it's like still going with this hand holding. And it's like I. It's just... kind of like when um when Brian Jackson wrote the Redwall books, and the first couple were for like probably like twelve year olds, thirteen year olds, and then he kind of scaled them back later on for like eight year olds, and you could tell that like the writing changed a bit, and the characters weren't quite as complicated. But you know, for Pokemon. Right. That was how I related to this conversation, everybody. It's um, it's a lot like, uh, how do I put this? They're they were clearly pivoting their design to catch up to Yokai Watch because in Japan, Yokai Watch is doing a lot better than Pokemon. That's a mistake. Uh, that they, they well, would try to do that, like instead of trying to differentiate themselves even more, so there's like two distinct products. Yeah, because there were other things they took from Yokai Watch also. Um, and it was just painfully apparent <laughs> what they're trying to do. Now, I think they've kind of retained their own. I, I know overseas, Yoke Watch didn't take off. I think in Japan, Pokemon is still relevant. So I'm hopeful that they just sort of get away from this. Sure. And get back to Pokemon again. That reminds me of uh, two, Patch 2.0 of Lawbreakers when they tried to like change the TTK to be more like uh, Overwatch. And then yes. all the people that were still playing were like, oh, and I'm out. Right, because if they wanted that, they'd play Overwatch. Right. That was. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> well, you know, you should be, because guess what? There's no <laughs> breakers to play anymore, because they ruined it. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, there's $60, I'll never go back. I actually bitched about this on the last comics podcast, I think. Yeah, it still makes me mad. It came up, um, 
uh, what was it? There, were, there was like two different podcasts I listened to this week, and both of them brought up Lawbreakers as examples of failed games that no one likes. And it's like, I really want to send in an angry email. There's no point. Like mm-hmm. they get plenty of angry emails, but I want to be the one guy complaining about Lawbreakers. Apparently, yeah. I think a little bit though, because Cliffy B was like throwing a tantrum on Twitter, and so it was a talking point. Yeah, he he doesn't help himself. He he's made a, very questionable decisions. He's just he's he's not a very mature person and I think he has talent. The guy that invented Gears of War not mature. Hmm. Well, no, it's just he has some talents. Those talents aren't necessarily um qualifiers to like run a company. But yeah. like he was successful enough that he got enough money that he could run a company. Was it um what is it Peter Molyneux that was like Every time a game, he'd release a game and he would just like, here's all the things we're going to put in the game, but they hadn't started any of it yet. He would just kind of like lie his ass off because he was just like, I want, this is like my vision. Here's the reality. We're not going to talk about the reality. We're going to talk about my vision. And people are going to be like, where's all this stuff you promised in your game? And it was just sort of like, he needs to not be the PR guy anymore. He needs to make the games. Like you hire a different person to do PR. And I feel like Cliffy B is like that for his stuff where it's like, he's got really good gameplay ideas. He... He's got aesthetics he likes that he can, I think, execute pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then he opens his mouth, and you're like, man, that guy's kind of a douche. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, not much to be done about it now. So speaking of Pokemon, uh, did you hear they're going to remake uh, the the first movie with Mewtwo? Hmm. I did not hear that. I, I saw the... Pokemon um, Detective Pikachu trailer and Mewtwo showed up in that. Yeah, I I don't care for that either. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that because my first thought was like, oh my god, it's Mewtwo. I fucking love Mewtwo. My other thought was like, I feel like this is like last ten minutes of the movie spoiler here. Like, yeah, I I, I maybe would have appreciated that point. Um, just watching it genuinely happen. Like as soon as he showed up, it's like, oh, I can guess like all of the major plot points of Detective Pikachu now. Still gonna go see it though. I'm pretty pretty stoked about that I mean, movie. I to be fair, fun. they're just telling the story of the game, so yeah. Technically, I don't think there should be spoilers, but I sent you the trailer from YouTube. So they're, 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 this is like the CG thing, right? Yeah, it looks a little soulless. It looks. I... That looks kind of cool. I don't know. I'd rather just watch the the cartoon that was animated by hand. Yeah, there's a certain level of, like, who is this for? I don't it's a know. little weird. I don't know what to think about this, I guess, other than I probably won't see it. Yeah, I I lost interest in that pretty fast. I guess, speaking of movies we probably won't see, the Oscars came and went. Yeah, did you... Did you know the Oscars were coming out? <laughs> I feel like a lot of people didn't even realize the Oscars were the, like this last weekend. I knew they were going on mostly because I'm on enough sites that like talked about it to get, I got that like through osmosis and then the whole they didn't have like a host, right? Like right. Said, we're just going to give the awards out and I, people seem to be happy about that. I, I can't well, I, think- I guess I can't tell. I think they were just, uh, they were tired of being upset. So it's like, okay, what if there was no one? Then there's no one you can be mad at. 
Well, because I remember the week prior, they were like, we're going to not just show or televise like these six categories that are super important to people because we don't think people care about them. And there was a huge backlash. They're like, fine, we're going to televise all of it. And then we're not going to have a host. People are like, okay, that's, I like this better. Well, it's also, they, they made a new category for like most fun movie that's a fan favorite. And it was like this condescending way to make sure that uh, Black Panther gets kind of pushed off to the side and then the real black movies can be celebrated and not the superhero movies. And people, well, there was like backlash on that, so they got rid of that category. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then um, Black Panther got a Best Picture nom anyways. Yeah. Um, they It's like they spent, they're, they're <laughs> pivoting so hard to retain what little viewership they have left because every year it gets excessively worse. I, I feel like the internet kind of ruins some of these award shows, right? Because you can be like, oh, I wonder who won. I'll just check tomorrow. It'll be like the first thing I'll Google, and it'll tell me the answer. I don't have to even click on a page. It'll just be like, the answer is this, and you just go about your day. And so there's no need. There's no reason to watch like any award shows anymore. I suppose back in the day, like someone would watch it, and then that would be like a newspaper article, and you're just like, oh, I'll just check that newspaper tomorrow. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, you know, back in the day, they didn't even televise it. It was a secret thing just for Hollywood people. Hmm. And it's like, hey, you know what? Go back to that. Yeah, I feel know, like... It's funny to me because this was their 91st annual Oscars. Oh. And it's like, you guys are getting really close to 100. I hope you don't like ruin it so bad that you don't actually do the 100th one. Because <laughs> that would be funny. I don't know if... Uh, yeah. Movies are important to me, so it's like, it's such a bummer that I was so disinterested in the Oscars this year. Yeah, I guess the only Oscar nom I think I saw for Best Picture was Black Panther. And when I went to see that, it wasn't with the idea of like, I bet this is going to you know be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Yeah, I saw Black Panther and I saw Black Klansman, and that was a very good movie. Um, I don't, I don't even know what Green Book is about. People seem to really not like Green Book. I mean, for I a can't handful speak, of reasons. Yeah, I can't I speak never to whether it. or not it deserves to win. I guess I don't. I mean, last year, uh, won the uh the the Guillermo del Toro movie where the lady fucked a fish. Uh, Yay! Shape of Water. No, that was a that was a good movie, right? I enjoyed that movie. I didn't feel like it was like best picture movie though. I feel like there's had to have been something better, but like at least it did what it wanted to do really well. Like cinematography was great, costume design was great. Like it had it had things going for it, but it's it was also like well, Guillermo del Toro kind of get is owed an Oscar. We should have gave him one for Pan's Labyrinth. I guess we'll just give him one for this. Like, I like I, fish sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it's Ooh, like there's, there's tartar sauce everywhere. <laughs> My favorite movie of 2018 was Annihilation and that wasn't I don't think anywhere on any of the Oscars. I liked Ralph Wrecks the Internet cuz they, they played Candy Crush and it was just like my phone. I and guess... they used Skype and I I recognized that jingle anywhere. <laughs> it was cool that the Spider-Man won the uh, best animated. Oh, that was that was totally deserving too. Never saw that movie. You didn't? No, I I kept meaning to, and then it never happened. And I don't think I think What's I'm gonna have to wait like till it's Red out Box on DVD. Now. Yeah. 
Um, Incredibles two wasn't that great. I love dogs was good. I bleh, whatever. Do you want to um? Do you want to talk about these categories? Oh yeah, let's let's do it. You had you had some game or something planned, and if I say that and we fuck it up, I'm sorry. Well, it's not a game. I just thought it'd be interesting to maybe instead of talking about this year's Oscars, since apparently no one really cared about it, I thought it'd be fun to go through these categories and just think about examples of what movies come to mind for each of them. Okay, I want to put a little more whiskey in this glass. That's a good sign, folks. Dial up your audio phones. Oh yeah. Alrighty. Okay, so what's the first category? Uh, writing for an original screenplay. Hmm. So you're talking like a movie with like best writing. Yeah, basically the best script. Um, I think what comes to mind is movies that think they're smarter than they are. <laughs> Like, I really liked Inception, even though that movie's just riddled with exposition and, like, weird plot holes that they expect you to just ignore. I feel like a lot of... Uh, but I enjoyed the story. <laughs> like, I feel like I, a lot of Christopher that, Nolan, but... Nolan's movies could be in that. Like, uh, what, what was the space one? Um, space. Yeah, space. The one with the music? Yep. Oh, what was it? I, Infinite... I recently saw that. Orbit Man. It had the uh, yeah, and it, we we all know what movie I'm fucking talking about. Like Infinity I really the effect. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot more the second time I watched it when I realized it was a time travel movie and they had to close the loop. Everything made sense when you watch it a second time. When you watch it a first time, you're like, man, there's some really dumb plot holes and shit in this latter half of this movie. She's like, love transcends time and space. I'm a scientist. In space, no one can hear you, love. Yeah, and I feel like someone thought they were really smart when they wrote her saying that. And it kind of works in context, but it also kind of doesn't. Right. So so my point is, when I think of best writing, what comes to mind are things that aren't actually good writing. And I think that's partially because good writing, you don't notice it because it's just a good story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The ones that are like overachievers are what stick out when I try to think of it. Or like like the Wachowskis trying to be like really deep. I feel like would be an example because they don't typically hit the mark the way they think they do. Oh, you know what? Uh, Into the Spider Verse had good writing. I believe and, it. And I don't know if I want to call that adapted since it's it borrows things from comics, but it's not really an adaptation of the story. Sure. But there were some very very intelligently framed scenes and sequences and themes that actually work. Like, it's not just, hey, we're going to... This is a metaphor. Do you get it? This is the metaphor. Here's the thing Uncle Ben said. Do you remember it now? Like, it's actually intelligent. Was Arrival an original, or was that based off something? Oh. That might be based on something. Wouldn't surprise me. That movie had really good writing, but it might have been based on something. Yeah, I think it, I think it was. Well, you know what? Actually, I think it was based on a short film. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if that counts as adapted screenplay or just long elongated. Yeah. Oh, screenplay. no, it's based off a short story. So oh, it that is. one does. Yeah, that but one. It was count. one in 1996 too. How funny! What other movies had really good writing? That. Let me click on Charlie Sheen and look at his filmography here. There you, yeah, you'll find some there. <laughs> um, films. 
Now I'm going to click on personal life on Wikipedia. Uh, Sheen has been married three times. He has five children and one grandchild. <laughs> so that's my pick for best writing for an original screenplay. Okay. Is the Charlie Sheen Wikipedia page. I like it. It's ballsy. It's bold. It's it's uh it's blue to other B words like bitch and bastard and buttfucker. Let me tell you, um, make sure you go to the theater and get a refund for your seat because you'll only be sitting on the edge of it. So don't pay full price. <laughs> um. Okay. So should we move on to writing for adapted screenplay? Arrival. So what's something that comes to mind? Arrival. For an adapted writing script. Annihilation. Because I think... <laughs> I think Ready Player One sticks out. Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's funny because movies are responsible for the phrase, the book was better. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny. Like, every adaptation, oh, I feel like... Oh, fucking Jaws. Jaws, that's good. Um... Actually, you know, on the topic of Jaws, I want to say Jurassic Park is an improvement over the book. Hmm. There's things in the book that are good, but there are things about it that don't flow very well. And there's not as much of a conclusion by the end. <laughs> oh, I know. The Hobbit, the Battle of Schmaug. I don't actually believe that. No, but the first ones were good. Yeah. The Lotros. Yeah. Lotro. I like, I like that. What you doing? Oh, I'm on the low tro. <laughs> Man, so is that a train? That, I wish that MMO was better. I could totally get lost in that world. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, they made like wizard a class that you can start out with, and I just lost all interest. <laughs> <laughs> I made a I made like a dwarf wizard, and I That's started in right. Hobbiton, and it's like there's five elves running around. It's like go kill five badgers, and it's like I don't I'm not gonna play this. Wait, you you all started in Hobbiton? You didn't? I I don't know where I was. It was like I was not in a dwarf city. That's a problem. It it was immediately like I don't care anymore. Sure. If they if they're not going to take any of this seriously, I don't want to really invest into it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so adapted screenplay. There was another movie that came to mind. Um, yeah, Jurassic Park though. The, the writing is very, very good, and it's very tight. And I feel like each scene is actually important. Mm-hmm. And each character is important. And I like what Spielberg did with, uh, like, um, who is the old man? Hammond. Oh, he's my favorite and, hamster. Uh, who, is the, who is the Jeff Goldblum? Malcolm. Okay. Something I liked in the movie is that Malcolm dressed in all black and he had black sunglasses that he never took off and he had really dark hair. So he was just this like black figure and he was constantly being pessimistic. And then Hammond had the white clothes and a big white beard and a white hat. And he was constantly optimistic. Oh man. It's almost like if they were doing a themey thing. Right. And the words that they go back and forth on, a lot of them are lifted straight from the book, like very similar conversations. But in the book, they'll have an actual debate and go back and forth and try to learn something from each other. But in the script for the movie, they're both very stubborn in these perspectives that they hold. Sure. And I feel like a lot more comes from that. Yeah. And some of the conversations are a little more hammy and they're less um, 
genuine. Like in the book, it feels like an actual conversation two adults would have. And in the movie, it's like, that's a quotable line for a t-shirt 30 years from now. Um, <laughs> but it works so much better on film. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's a great example of uh, adapted screenplay writing. Yeah, that's a good one. Starship Troopers might be one. I never read the book, but I know the movie is one of those things where like, the book was very like pro-war and pro-military and pro follow your government and then the movie was the opposite where it was like let's just paint this is like this is really Mm -hmm. the wrong thing it goes on bad and i think it's funny that i think that works yeah oh for best writing original austin powers the spy who shagged me oh that's good you know i don't even think about comedies but yeah and i was that's very good i was watching the um a little bit of the third movie the other day because it was on tv and holy fucking shit, is that movie funny? It is the dumbest kind of funny ever. Like, the whole thing with Goldmember is that he really likes gold, and he had a smelting accident, and he turned his dick gold. And that's why he's called Goldmember. And I'm just like, that shouldn't make me laugh, but that makes me laugh so hard. And it, part of it's delivery, but part of it is just like, the movie knows exactly what it wants to be, and so it writes to its strengths, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, you can applaud it for that. As childish as it is, it doesn't try to be something more than that. Mm-hmm. But the second one's my favorite, so The Spy Who Shagged Me is what I what I give the nom to. Um, The next category would be visual effects. Ooh. I don't care. No, come on, there's gotta be. No, let me, good, let me, pretty let me say something. Um, for visual effects, if they do their job right, you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And if it looks bad, then it's uh, Detective Pikachu. Yeah, that's fair. At the same so- time, Prometheus was very pretty. The Thing is very pretty. And uh, what's another really pretty movie? Ready Player One. No. Avengers Maybe. Infinity War. It. Yeah, Avengers is pretty pretty. Uh, Christopher Robin. Yeah. Solo, a Star Wars story. Fucking the bear movies, Paddington. First Man. Oh yeah, Paddington was really good. That 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 cute ass little bear. He looks great. Dude, every time he pulled the sandwich out of his hat, it's like, give me some of that sandwich. That looks real and good. That movie was illegally sure, charming. You bear. Yeah. Here's... I wish I had a. F- friend bear named Paddington. The thing is, is when he gets big, he's going to get really big, and I feel like like he'd clog the toilets, right? Like Toilets aren't made to take bear shits. No, they're not. So I feel like that would be a problem. I don't know. I like at the end when his, his mom came to visit or whatever. Or his aunt. Who does he live with again? Aunt, Lu- aunt Lucy. Aunt Lucy. I like when Aunt Lucy came, and she like she d- totally dresses like an Aunt Lucy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, she looks pretty civilized. I don't know why people don't like the bear. Yeah. They seem, <laughs> they seem fine <laughs> in this society. I think it's just it's just old-fashioned British racism against bears. Man, this racist Pokemon game is going to be so much fun. There's a racist Pokemon game? Yeah, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I didn't know it was racist. It takes place in England. You cut out there, what'd you say? <laughs> It takes place in England. Oh, oh, okay, I get what you're okay, never mind. Um, do you want to talk about sound mixing? Sound mixing. 
I can think of movies I think that this is much more important. Yeah, I can also think of movies that don't count, and most of them are by Christopher Nolan. Because <laughs> the the sound mixing and that space movie we talked about. The fuck was the name of that movie? And Dunkirk. I did not like the sound mixing in that movie either. Oh, you didn't? I really liked Dunkirk. So no, I I, I didn't see it in theaters though, and I guess that was like a, an experience in theaters. Dunkirk, more like Dun sounds pretty good. Keep keep turning it up. Kirk. Oh, the um, you know what movie has really good sounds is uh, uh John Wick. I like the sound oh. design in, in in John Wick. The fucking gunshots are amazing. And yes. every time he shoots someone, you're just like, fuck. There was a lot of weight behind that bullet. Yes. And it's not like, isn't this cool and powerful? It's more like, isn't this real? Mm-hmm. Like, this was a blow. The car accidents yeah. and stuff. And, yeah. That, I'm sure there are way better examples of sound mixing, right? Like, like, even the Warcraft movie was cool because you got to see these, you know, all these crazy spells going off. And, like, there's sounds to them. And you're like, what is a thing that doesn't exist sound like? And I feel like uh, magic in movies and in video games is a really good barometer for something like that because it's so hard to do and so when you're watching freaking what's his nuts cadgar you know throw a fireball and you're like that's really cool and you hear the explosion and all that stuff like i, I dig that my answer's still john I wick also, but I, I dig the yeah i also liked all the sounds that the orcs made like i felt like they made appropriate orc voices and things yeah and when they were like marching they sounded big and heavy no, that was a good movie, too. I love the sound mixing in Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Star Wars is one of those things that people like it because it's fun in a in like a childish, cartoony way, but at the same time, you feel like you're there, like you're experiencing something. Like People believe that lightsabers are real while they're watching it on the film. Yeah, and that's another example of like fake things that you make real. It's just you know the opposite direction with technology. Right. Yeah, Star Wars is a really good good example. What are some other movies with cool sound design? Man? It's not something it's one of those things where like if it's done really well you don't totally think about it. Because you're there. Yeah. And you know what it just helps um, bring you into the movie even more. Not not to keep going back to the wells we keep digging into, but Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Uh versus the Hobbits. The, the sound quality in the Hobbit movies was not as impressive. <laughs> it, it sort of disappointed me because, like, one of my favorite things in the world is just that really simple visualization of a big old red dragon sleeping on a pile of gold. Yeah. And I love, like, dwarf mines and dwarf architecture that, like, is so huge and echoey because it's inside of a whole mountain. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do anything neat with all of this stuff. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I want the dragon to sound like a cool dragon. And I want I want there to be, like, weight and, um, like, it should be amazing that you're in this huge treasure trove. And I feel like the dead Mines of Moria that was just full of skeletons was more interesting. Man, those were so cool. It was really good. And when all the goblins come, like, crawling out and there's a bunch of them, like, it, there was weight to everything. Yeah. You know another great movie with sound design or sound design, um, Aliens. We're gonna like span the oh. breadth of movies here, but yes, the, the 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 aliens themselves are great, but then like the the the, uh, 
tracker, the motion tracker, that beep, 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 holy fuck. It's so simple, but it works so well. And you look at it, and it's a 2D screen, and you they can be in the walls, and they can be in the floor, so it doesn't fucking help you. And it's getting closer, and it's getting closer, and you hear the guns going off. I love the sound of the pulse rifles so much. That was a great movie. Let's move on to the next category. Okay. Sound editing. Okay, I feel like we should skip this category because I had I struggled with the other one, and this is I choose aliens okay. for those reasons. <laughs> I mean, do you notice? Like, I I only notice when a movie is poorly mixed because you're like, oh, I can't hear the fucking people talk. Um, the Witch had horrible sound mixing. Oh, you know what? You're right. That that was um. That was weird because visually they had some smart things kind of set up, but then the sound is like, whatever. Well, I, I could never hear... Th- the people were so hard to hear. They were. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And they did talked you watch in a- thick-ass accents. Did you watch it on Netflix? No, uh, we, I watched a, the DVD they sent us. Wow. Because Netflix has like audio mixing problems or sometimes voices come in quiet. But if you watch off the DVD, that's that's kind of bad. Yeah, no, like the, the I I remember like we finished that movie and I was like, that movie was really like the sound was really weird in that movie, right? Like it was hard to hear like half the people. And every and my whole family was like, yeah, like the couple of people would talk, you like, couldn't understand a word they were saying. And it's like, man, I needed needed subtitles for that one. But when a movie does it right, like I feel like you don't really notice. Because it's or, done well. I, I think there's a couple examples where you do notice. And that might be in, like, musicals. Oh, sure. But what one was Bohemian Rhapsody. And what was kind of neat about the movie wasn't just the music itself, but also them, like, working on the music and playing with these different sounds and things. Yeah, I can see that where working. Like, that, that becomes an important part of the movie. Yeah. And that's where the sound editing's really you know, something that can shine. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good answer. I like that. Um, the next category is short film. Do you do you watch any short films? Not really. The only short films I watch are things on YouTube that don't have very big budgets. Yeah. And the things that I like on YouTube are like Tamers One Through Three Four Five, which isn't worth an award. <laughs> For short films, most of like the, the stuff before Pixar movies is good. So, I guess take your pick, and that's my answer. But I don't really have. Yeah, if you want to look animated, but even those have not been good in a while. Maybe I haven't watched one in a while. Oh wow, Bow One. That was awful. Which one? Bow. I don't, which one was that? That was the one with the little bow. I don't think I saw it. Wow. Ah, bow wow. Um, I bet it's on YouTube or something, right? I remember seeing a short film. I don't remember the oh, name or anything it. about it. You can pay $2 for this seven-minute short. Fuck, really? Um, oh, someone pirated it. Here, I'll send you this one. <laughs> there was a, a short film I saw. It was some, uh, some girl who wanted to be a movie star. It, it, she, it, was, it took place in the UK. Everyone had very thick English accents. And she was walking with this thing, and she was being insufferable, and then it turned out like the thing was like a dead baby, and I think she threw it in a river, and then the movie ended. And it was one of those, like... Oh, that was... 
dark, artsy. It, yeah. I like that. Um, I saw a short film once that was kind of interesting about... Uh, it was about a little boy on Halloween that... Um, he, he went out trick-or-treating and he saw this little girl that was getting bullied and she like ran off into the woods. And so he ran off after her um, to see if she was okay and like he... Um, he was sharing candy with her and they talked for a while and, um, and he said, well, Hey, I have to go back home. And she's like, okay. And she just sort of stayed out in the woods and it was kind of weird. And so he goes home and the next day he's telling his mom about how he met this girl and they were out in the woods all night. Uh, and like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, did she go home? He's like, well, I don't know. So then the boy like ran off back into the woods and he disappeared for a while. So the parents go out looking and they find him, and he's, like, sitting by a tree trunk, and there's, like, a well, far decomposed little girl corpse that he's, like, talking to that has candy all over her. Oh, wow. And it was, like, I don't know if the point was that it was a ghost or that the boy was crazy. It's, like, it fell apart in a way. Like, it was an interesting twist that it was a ghost, but it took this weird, gruesome twist where it's, like, what is the boy experiencing right now? Like, sure. that wasn't clear. And then it just sort of ended. Well, sounds cool. I, I, I at least appreciate what like it was trying for something. Oh, yeah. Short film. The fucking uh, the somewhere in Michigan. Oh, possibly Michigan. Yeah. Let's 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 throw, let's vote that one. Okay. That fucking weird <laughs> ass thing. Possibly in Michigan gets the best live action short film award. Yeah. And the best animated short film is um, Bow apparently because we can't think of anything better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just opened it up and it's like this tiny creepy little baby and this old lady looking at lettuce and I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, it's not great. Um, the next category is production design. I don't know what that means. What the? Is it like set design or costume I don't design? Because I feel like those are different things. They should be. I don't like these new categories. What the next is... category is music original song. Ooh. Black Panther's on here. Really? Oh, Black yes. Panther had really good, a really good soundtrack. But song? Oh, hmm. what was the what was the song? It's called know. All the Stars. I don't recognize that. Original song, so I can't use a soundtrack thing. I remember when like Nickelback was in some movies. That was cool, and everybody oh, you know, collectively groaned. Okay, I got a good 2018 nomination. Okay. That Eminem collab was like Venom. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think original song. I what was that one year? All my go tos would be like animated movies, like Disney movies with songs, or yeah, like show tune kind of thing. Yeah, show tune stuff. I love. I love one year at the Oscars. Like they always have these like super like overly dramatic you know super emotional songs mm-hmm. and then they had <laughs> everything is awesome from the lego movie <laughs> and it was a whole production like they had people in costume and it was a whole sh- like it was fun nice. it was way more fun than the oscars and there's a part in that song where batman has this like really metal heavy solo on a guitar and they <laughs> they did that in like on stage there's like the snootiest people of all hollywood and here's a bunch of construction workers singing everything is awesome and then batman on metal guitar he's like darkness cold stuff bat wings and like fireworks go off and it was the 
best thing ever. We um, need to track this down after this. That sounds amazing. It was pretty fun. But uh, for a more serious one, did you ever see A Mighty Wind? I'm not familiar with that. It was a... Uh, it was one of those like pretend, um, like it was like a comedy documentary about um, uh, these folk singers, and they're gonna have reunion because like the the guy that like helped organize them back in the '60s and the '70s okay. was um like he passed away, so they're gonna do like a a community thing, um, so they get all these like old folk bands to like reunite, and they're gonna do a show together. And it's it was funny, but it was also kind of emotional, and uh, there were kind of there was kind of different styles of folk bands, and one of them was this like hippy dippy duet couple, where they're really cute and they sing this song called "The Kiss at the End of the Rainbow." Okay. And it's this very like lilty, peaceful, lovey dovey song, um, but they're also not a couple. And they've went their separate ways, and like she's remarried several times, and he's kind of a little crazy and nutso and off to the side. And um, they're not even sure, like they have to do that song because it's their hit. Mm-hmm. But they're, it's like people are literally taking bets if they'll actually kiss or not at that part in the song. Oh, I have an answer. Whatever the Linkin Park song was for that Transformers movie. <laughs> that one, I picked that one. <laughs> So, so anyways, they performed that song at the Oscars, and it was very nice. That was my point. Oh, Shinedown um. did a song for, um, uh, what was that stupid action movie where all the people got together and they killed each other, but then, Expendables. They didn't actually make it in the movie, though, so I don't know if it counts. If it was on the soundtrack, it probably was. I think it was on the soundtrack. So Diamond Eyes by Shinedown is, is also an answer I like. So it's either that or the let's Linkin Park with, one. Linkin Park wins best original song. Yeah, let's give it to Linkin Park. Um, R.I.P. Chester. It's music original score. Oh, I don't fucking know. I like, <laughs> I like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll back that one. It's <laughs> good. Um, There's a lot of good. I, I listen to a lot of movie soundtracks. Score is so important. It is, but it I don't I don't think about it unless it's bad or it really wows me, and it very rarely do those things happen. It's usually just like that was fine. It did its job. Oh, you know what was a good original score? Um, the uh, the Metal Gear Five that had a lot of good music in it. You cut out as soon as you said the name of the movie. <laughs> Metal Gear Five. Oh sure, that that movie, which wasn't a movie, <laughs> unless you unless you're player two and you're just watching all the cutscenes while <laughs> player one sits down the controller anyways because it's cutscenes. <laughs> um, no, I know there's good movie soundtracks. Oh, why did I drink tonight? I should have because we notes. gotta play Overwatch when we're done. Assuming your internet cooperates. Um, let's just say Black Klansman one. Okay. Uh, make actually Black Panther had a really good soundtrack. No, it really did. That, so I'm I'm fine with that one too. Um, yeah, we could we could go with that. Um, do you have a do you have a favorite movie for makeup and hairstyling? Uh, I tend to for makeup. Hmm. 
I mean, anything that Gel- Del Toro did, he does a lot of practical stuff. And so, like, Hellboy had really good makeup, because a lot of that was, like, actual... They sat down in a makeup chair for, like, eight hours and had that stuff put on their face. And that, to right. me, is really, really cool and really impressive, the art- artistry behind that. So my, my vote is maybe, like, Pan's Labyrinth or Hellboy. I feel like, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth's a better movie, but Hellboy had probably more of the crazy makeup. I really like the makeup in uh, Mad Max. Oh, that's a really good answer. I really like oh, the makeup for in Star score. Trek. That's another one. Mad Max had a fucking amazing soundtrack, and they incorporated it into the thing. Yes. Actually, you're right. Mad Max is a good soundtrack. Um, it was another makeup one I thought of. Oh, um, make it up as you go along. Pirates of the Caribbean three. Oh sure. That's the best makeup ever. Also had a really good soundtrack, the Pirates movies. And Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Maul was cool. He goes, dur, dur, It's like the one thing that wasn't dur, CG dur. in that fucking movie. Uh, foreign language film. Anime. My favorite foreign language film was Hingish Fingadinger. You cut out. Uh, film film editing. editing. I don't know. I what the people got mad that Bohemian Rhapsody one. I guess it had bad editing. I don't know. It. I saw a clip that was ridiculous. It was so. It was like one oh one. Well, it makes it good editing, right? Like, I don't. If I, I well, it's kind of like cinematography. Yeah. Where the way you set up a camera to frame a shot is important, and just the way you frame things can be enough to tell something. Mm-hmm. You know, editing's the same way. Where if you if you do a hard cut right with a sound effect, there's emphasis put there, and it makes you think about that decision. Sure. So when a queen sits down at a table and they're they're talking to an agent, and the, there's like five people sitting at the table. And every time someone opens their mouth, it just cuts to them every single time. It feels like you're watching a tennis match, and you're wreaking your head back and forth really fast. Yeah. And it's stupid and amateurish. I feel like that my answer is probably a horror movie because editing is really important in horror movies, especially when you're dealing with jump scares and, uh, and implied tension and just regular old tension. Like, oh. Hereditary had really, really good editing, if I think you about know, it. Uh, horror movies in general, that's very important, but also comedies. Com- yep, comedies. You could hold sure. on to a shot for too long, and it'll lose its comedy. Like, there's a, or you there would hold on punch. too long, and now it's funny because you held on too long. Like There's that fine line, depending on the joke, and you have to know where it is. Right, and there's an art to that, for sure. Yeah. Um, Documentaries, I'm going to skip. Oh! Uh, the Borg vs. McEnroe, but it wasn't an actual documentary. It was it was actors playing everybody. But it was like I, a documentary because I thought it was real for a bit. I vote for A Mighty Wind because it was a mockumentary. <laughs> um, you know, so the next category is going to be directing. And I feel like we could do a whole show about the importance of good direction. Quentin Tarantino and all of his movies. I like I'm going to say, like, those three movies that Steven Spielberg got lucky with, and the rest of his career isn't that great. <laughs> That's fair, too. Uh, costume design. Mm. A cowboy movie? A Mary Poppins sequel? So a lot of reused assets in the designs? That's an award? 
How about costume design? Black Panther? That was good. Black Panther was good. Anything big sci-fi movies, I feel like it relies on a lot. Period pieces, it relies on a lot. So have you seen um, Jodorowsky's Dune? I have not. I, you know what? I might buy you a copy of that because that's my that's my pick for best documentary. But just oh, sure. as someone who appreciates the art of storytelling and the art of filmmaking, deeply fascinating. Oh, for costume design, Phantom Thread. That guy made some really neat dresses. Oh yeah, that was fun. Um, but yeah, but back to your point of sci-fi. Yes. There's a point where you need things to look alien and new, mm-hmm. but you also need them to look uh, understandable and relatable enough that you recognize what it is when you're looking at it. And it should look practical, too, because it's clothing. Yeah. And I really like how, in his version of Dune, the way that he would portray like the the Spice Lords that are like royalty, and how like fanciful and garish and like sometimes morbid their costumes would look. And it just, you could look at the character and in one immediate, you know, just glance, you know everything you need to know about the character. Sure. That's key. Yeah. Um, But then I think of other stuff where they get kind of outside the box. Uh, Tron Legacy had good costume design. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I would not want the job of having to make a Tron sequel and yeah. modernize it. And they pulled it off so I well, like, um... I thought. Ah, shit, I had an answer and it left. Nope, still gone. We can move on. Um, Do you want to talk about cinematography? I feel like a lot of these overlap, right? And so you're just like, now this one. And it's like, I feel like we kind of talked about this, but for cinematography, I'm going to throw it at Mandy. Because that movie was gorgeous and fucking weird at the same time. And I liked it a lot. So, go Mandy. Oh, I wanted to talk about Rear Window. Okay. Have you seen Rear Window? I have not. Oh. The next category is animated featured film. Oh. Um, did you see Isle of Dogs? Oh. Animated feature film. Is this just all time or last year now? Because there's a lot to No, pick I'm from. talking all time. Fuck, because that's hard, right? Um, Part of you wants I... to give it to Over the Hedge. Because <laughs> that's my favorite animated movie, but also realize that there are better animated movies than Over the Hedge. <laughs> no, that's that and some is of them fair. were made by Ghibli. Um, I mean, I, this year Spider-Man won, and I think that's well deserved. Mm-hmm. But I also like I I do like Studio Ghibli stuff, but sometimes it's almost too like artsy and slow for its own good. Ponyo, come on, man! Ponyo was great. I didn't see Ponyo. So yet. cute. Um, I I can't believe you haven't seen Rear Window. I'm I'm shocked at that, so I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. Um, you Hitchcock's great. He's a good director. I don't think I've seen a whole lot of Hitchcock movies, which is weird because he's one of those directors that people like. Yes, <laughs> he's good. He's not a hack like Spielberg. Yeah. Oh, um, fuck! I just thought of a movie for adaptation, A Clockwork Orange. That was a great movie. Never read the book. Oh, there you go. But that was adapted. Yeah, that was, that was a good da- movie. It was a very good screenplay. That so. had my favorite rape scene in a movie. Um, animated feature film. I uh, I love... Uh, art is so important to me. <laughs> like The visual <laughs> style of stuff is so important to me. You're saying you and don't like the DreamWorks smirk? 
I, you know, I don't, I'm not offended by the DreamWorks smirk. There's nothing wrong with that. I like when someone pointed that out and you're like, oh yeah, it isn't all of them, isn't it? But at the same time, Disney eyes are in all of Disney movies. Like, Mm. there's a, sometimes there's a signature style. Um, I, uh. Jupiter Ascending was a great animated movie. Because let's be honest, most of that was animated. (laughs) (laughs) It was very pretty. Oh, Speed Racer 2. That was another great animated oh, movie. Ra- oh, that's a good that's a good like art direction overall. They commit to that so well and each scene is interesting. Yeah, fuck off Jean-Luc, you stupid slut. Even the slow scenes, like where they're just kind of talking about stuff, they have interesting things going on. And if something's gonna be boring, they did that very smart thing of yeah. leaving it in with an action scene that's like told out of sequence. Because I love that one race scene where he's going around the loop-de-loops like Hot Wheels or whatever, and the guy is like telling him how, like, hey, you have to throw the next race. And he's like, I'm not going to throw the race, but you're watching the race go on while this conversation is going. It's like, thank you. This is so much better. (laughs) I'm at a point in my life, I turn 30 tomorrow, and Speed Racer is definitely one of my favorite movies. It is. It's very good. And I'm okay with that. I like that movie a lot. It's very good. I want good. to meet the Wachowskis and have them sign my copy. And it's not even a Blu-ray. It's just a regular DVD that I got for free. I want to go to Steven Spielberg and have him sign my copy of Speed Racer. And also <laughs> apologize. <laughs> um. Oh, God. We're at an hour. Should we, should we skip to like one or two other categories and then call it a day? Let's pick one important category. Okay. And that's actress in a leading role. Steamroll? What? What'd you say? Cut out again. Actress in a leading role. Eating role? What the hell does that mean? Leading. <laughs> it's still you're still cutting out. <laughs> when you talk, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you have a glad space? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It's the new Beast in Black album. It's so good. People should go listen to that. Oh, that's good. Did you link it on the page? I don't think I did. I think I was going to and then forgot. I'm going to go do it right now. I put a couple things on there. Everybody check out the Facebook Opinions are Cheap page because there's some good stuff on there. Yeah, we, we share we share funny, stupid shit. It's great. <clears throat> you can share um, your own funny, stupid shit. Oh, no, the last thing I shared was an Avril Lavigne song that no one should listen to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Um, oh, what? my my glad space is uh the Mega sixty four fifteenth anniversary album. Yeah, it's really good. There's like there's so many little details thrown in. Like it's not just a collection of their music. Um, it's this very interesting journey over the years, and there's just like really touching write ups and photos on the inside and everything. It just made my week. Cool. Um, but also it has random Aquabat songs on there, and those are fun. Yeah. So that's all. I hope you all had a fun movie adventure. Yeah, this was fun. I'm sorry we had some audio issues. Yeah, you know, we should do another show where we dig into, like, directing and cinematography and stuff, though. Yeah, uh, we'd have to, like, plan a bit, because I'd want to actually put thought into that one. Likewise. I I don't mind glancing over some of these, but we're going to have to do a real one of these later. Because we didn't even get to the actor stuff, which is, like, fuck, I don't know. That's hard. You know, 
honestly, I don't care about actors because if they're doing their job right, then they just do the role. Yeah. There are good actors that I prefer over other actors, mm-hmm. but it's not like I follow an actor and go, oh, he's in the movie. I'll see it. What was it? Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. That was a good performance. That's my answer to that one. <laughs> Off the top of my dumbass head. Also, for Best Picture, um, I still vote for Black Klansman. If you guys haven't seen it, it's like it's really rough and real, but it's worth watching. And for my best, best picture, go see Speed Racer. Actually, what do a double feature? Because I think they pair very well. Yeah, I'm sure. There's a, there's overlapping themes. Jean-Luc, if you're listening to this, Speed Racer is better than... What was that movie you liked? Assassination Nation. Yeah, Speed Racer is better than Assassination Nation. More like Ass-Ass Nation, am I right? You dickens. We love you, Jean-Luc. Kisses. And now I... <laughs> It's weird that I know people that listen to this now, because I'm just like, but you're not Richard. Yeah, but all our fans there are There can Richards. only be one. We- <laughs> I really <laughs> hope one of these days we get like 80 listeners and we can sell them 80 t-shirts that all say, I'm a Richard too. <laughs> and I have to explain to that at the lady at the Walmart, because she's not going to understand. Wait, oh, if you design it, it has to be like a really ugly version of Richie Rich. <laughs> like a, or, or you know what I really want to do is like Richie Rich, but I want to like avoid copyright infringement, so he'll have like a mohawk and a wheelchair. <laughs> I like. We'll call him Ritzy Rich. <laughs> With his gilded wheelchair and his fucking being able to park up front like the cripple stall. <laughs> And he'll have a little flag on his wheelchair that's like a little weed flag, so everyone knows he's cool. Yeah, I want to. I want to see a short film with this guy in it, and then it'll win best short film. <laughs> Opinions are cheap. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We're sorry. Oh man, we have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> Go play some Overwatch. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Everything is going wrong!